human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine. And we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon, and I'm so delighted to have you with us today. If you're listening in Arizona, I hope you're in a cool place because it's supposed to be somewhere around 110 today, and I think it's inching up very close to there now. Um, Just a little bit warm today. Go to the Self-Improvement blog, um, to the articles. Uh, I'm going to be... Doing a lot of quoting today and the links that you may want to follow are in the announcement of the show. You'll find it right under the picture of the cat in the toilet. You can't miss that, I think. Um, There are some videos in the right sidebar, too, that you might find interesting and helpful. But you you don't need to try to write all these links down. I'm going to direct you to all the things that we talk about today. Today we're going to talk about self-esteem and the question, you know, the the title of the show, if you didn't see it, um, you know, it is what it is. Is your self-esteem in the toilet? Don't flush is the title of today's show. On a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rate your own self-esteem? Some of you will say something like minus 3. Some of you would like the scale to be higher so you can land there in a really nice high number. Some of you would say your self-esteem is in the toilet. But what does that mean? What does it mean when you say you have low self-esteem or when you rank your esteem with a number? We talk a lot about self these days. You know, we throw words around that that have to do with the self, like self-confidence, self-worth, self-awareness, self-love, self-efficacy, self-discovery, self-evaluation, self-image, that's a big one these days, self-actualization, self-compassion, self-assessment, and yes, self-esteem. And there are a lot more that I didn't mention. We talk a lot about the self. With most of them, we're referring in some way to self-esteem or how we feel about ourselves. How we feel about ourselves is important, but it isn't all there is to self-esteem. And some people do equate how you feel as the only ranking of self-esteem. Today, I may feel really bad about myself, but tomorrow may be different and I'm really on top. it's a, it's a stronger piece than that. Actually, the concept of self-esteem is fairly new on the scene, as is psychology and psychiatry. Basically, in the medical profession, they're quite new. And there are a lot of things that we don't know. And, you know, it's not an exact science in any sense of the word. And it's forced... It's the fourth highest in Maslow's 
hierarchy of five needs. Maslow, back in 1943, thought it was very, very important. But we didn't hear too much about it until the late 60s when some prominent psychiatrists and psychotherapists brought it a little more into our view. Primarily Nathaniel Brandon, who is known as the father of the self-esteem movement. And he has done some in-depth and very solid work on self-esteem, I would recommend. And in fact, I have a link to his page on Amazon so you can see some of the books that he's written that are available, and they're very, very good. Self-esteem is a term used in psychology to reflect a person's overall emotional evaluation of his or her own worth. It is a judgment of the self as well as an attitude toward the self. So it's what we think and what we feel about ourselves. Brandon's definition is a little bit broader and certainly more comprehensive. He defines self-esteem as the disposition to experience oneself as being competent to cope with the basic challenges of life and being worthy of happiness. And that's a very important statement, being competent to cope with life and being worthy of happiness. It is confidence in the efficacy of our mind, in our ability to think. And if you've done much study about the mind, you know that you really can't trust it. Um, you, You know, it's kind of like a computer, garbage in and garbage out. By extension, it is confidence in our ability to learn, make appropriate choices and decisions, and respond effectively to change. Change is a tough one sometimes. It is also the experience that success, achievement, fulfillment, in other words, happiness, are right and natural for us. And we're going to use this definition, Brandon's definition, as our guideline in the show today. You can follow the link to his website to get all the details uh, about what we're going to talk about today or get his book, The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem, because we're going to talk about them. I think, though, we have to be careful not to get, not to use the concept of self-esteem as a catch-all excuse Now, a lot of people throw it around. We hear stories of murders blamed on low self-esteem. It's their mother or father's fault because something they did or did not do when the murderer was young. Um, We hear some people blaming job loss or failure in school or failure of any kind on low self-esteem, and it goes on and on. It's not an excuse. Trust me, it's not an excuse. We need to be honest with ourselves and determine if we failed school because we didn't study and we didn't do the work required. The same with our job. We didn't do the work We didn't study whether we did that or not may not may or may not have anything to do with self-esteem. It may have something to do with something else altogether. 
but it's an easy place to put the blame. As with other things, emphasis on self-esteem has swung way too far in one direction, so that in some places, every child has graduated even if they can't read or do math at a basic level. Now, we talked last week about graduates who can't read their diploma. Now, we let them go on because we don't want to damage their self-esteem. Now, that's an exaggerated case, but it has happened. Now, in Little League and in Pop Warner and soccer, we give every kid a trophy whether he's earned it or not. Now, everybody has to be the same so we don't damage their self-esteem. It reminds me of the song about housing when Levittown went in quite some years ago. They're all made of ticky-tacky and they all look just the same. Now, let's get real. Some people who failed a grade in school or failed to graduate became huge successes. Sometimes failure is the greatest motivator. Sometimes it teaches us lessons about ourselves that we need to learn. We have to learn them if we're going to move forward. So, you know, self-esteem is not uh, something that you can blame for everything, and failure isn't something that you have to avoid at all costs. What is true is that a healthy self-esteem, with a healthy self-esteem, we tend to risk and accomplish more. Now, notice I didn't say high self-esteem. I said healthy self-esteem. What you believe about your own worth can be changed. And guess who does the work? (laughs) You do. And it's done the same way all other inner work is done. Through self-awareness, changing your thinking, and surrounding yourself with people who practice what I call positive living. If, for example... You spend most of your time with friends who whine and complain and bitch and moan, who put you and themselves down all the time, and who are pretty much against everything. You know the kind of people I mean. They're around. If you run with friends like this, you probably need to get a new set of friends if you're going to change your feelings of self-worth. Yep, you got to make some changes, and you're the only one can do it. You can get compliments all day long that may not change your self-esteem, and you're the one in charge here. What you believe about your own worth can be changed. Please remember that. In his, sex, in his book, The Six Pillars of Self-Esteem, Nathaniel Brandon gives us six areas of practice that he found to be essential for the nurturing and sustaining of healthy self-esteem. 
These six pillars are the practice of living consciously, of self-acceptance, self-responsibility, self-assertiveness, purposefulness, and integrity. We're going to take a look at them because it's in these areas that healthy self-esteem is achieved and enhanced. And this is a much more substantial and lasting way than just just dealing with how you feel. Because feelings, as you know, change. Right now, I may be really down. Something happens in five minutes from now. I'm absolutely euphoric. It's important that you realize that feelings change. The work will change how you feel about yourself, absolutely, but in a deeper way. Brandon says healthy self-esteem cannot be acquired by blowing oneself a kiss in the mirror and saying, good morning, perfect. I'm not saying affirmations aren't good. They just aren't the only tool in the toolbox. Now, beware the people who list five or some other number of easy things to do to raise your self-esteem. You need to go deeper than that. We're going to go to break now, and when we come back, we're going to take an in-depth look. Well, a look, anyway. Can't be real in-depth with the time we have. We're going to look at the six pillars of self-esteem. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. your better business achieve that goal make good on that resolution the voice america empowerment channel it's your world motivate change succeed when you think of inspiring women who comes to mind is it a visionary like oprah winfrey political or legal figures like hillary clinton or sonia sotomayor or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like meg whitman no matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Today we're talking about self-esteem. And we're using Dr. Nathaniel Brandon's work as our guide. And we're going to be looking at the six pillars of self-esteem. And if you work in these areas, 
you will absolutely improve how you look and feel about yourself, how you look about you, at yourself and how you feel about yourself. And the first pillar <laughs> is not easy. The practice of living consciously. Most of us don't live consciously. We're little robots on automatic pilot. And we go through our day and sometimes we don't remember what we did. We drive to work. We don't remember stopping at the stop signs or the stoplights or passing the school or any of those things. We do our job uh, on rote and, um, you know, we're not really conscious. But in terms of self-esteem, you need to look at uh, some of the facts. Respect the facts about yourself. Get conscious of the facts about yourself. Now, what are the things that are good about you? There's a lot of things if you'd sit and think about them, and you have to accept that they are true about you. You know, some of you have wonderful educations, wonderful personalities. You know, you've had all kinds of accomplishments. And as a friend of mine says, what's not to love? Look at the facts. You need to be present to what you're doing, why you're doing it. And that's not easy when you're used to living like a robot and doing things automatically. Be present to what you're doing while you're doing it. You need to seek and be open to any information, knowledge, or feedback that bears on your interests, on you, on you and what you want and what you do. In other words, you have to keep learning. Be open to new stuff. You need to seek to understand not just the world external to yourself, but also your inner world so that you don't act out of self-blindness. There's another self word, self-blindness. I know you don't want to hear this, but this takes us to our dear friend, meditation, and its companion, contemplation. You need to sit in silence and learn who you are. I would add to that being conscious of the spiritual part of us and being in sync with our own higher nature and accepting that that's also important. Now, what is that part of us that makes us a living being? Get in contact with that part of you. The second pillar is the practice of self-acceptance. This is a biggie. It includes the willingness to own, experience, and take responsibility for our thoughts, feelings, and actions without evasion, denial, or disowning, and also without self-repudiation. Don't beat yourself up and blame things on somebody else. Don't do either one of those. Own your own stuff. Give yourself permission to think your own thoughts, experience your own emotions, and look at your own actions without necessarily liking them or endorsing them. You, you don't have to you know, say you love some of those not-so-nice little thoughts you have sometimes, but, but they're yours, and, and it's okay for you to think them. 
How are you going to think things through unless you look at both sides, the good side and the bad side of those things that you're considering making decisions on? And please, 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 you don't have to be like everybody else. I know the media tells you you need to look a certain way, walk a certain way, think a certain way, believe a certain way, vote a certain way, do all of those things. But that's not true. You, you, have, you have the right to your own thoughts, your own experiences, and your own emotions. Please don't let anybody take that away from you. And I would caution you to be careful with your self-talk here. When you screw up and we're all going to do it, and we're all going to do it probably every day, You don't have to mutter things like, oh, you're just too stupid, or you never do anything right, or, you know, call yourself names like jerk or loser or put the big L on your forehead for loser. Don't do that. You know, so you screwed up. You'll do better next time. Trust me, you'll remember Practice self-acceptance. You aren't your body. You aren't your thoughts. You aren't your actions, although they come from who you are. But that isn't exactly who you are. Brandon makes this suggestion. You have to be a little brave to do this. He suggests that you stand in front of a mirror, naked if possible, like a jaybird. And accept yourself just the way you are, warts and all. Now, accepting isn't the same as liking what you see. But but remember, this is you. It's the only you you get. So you might as well accept it and make the most of it. You know, clean it up a little if you need to, change a thing or two, but this is still you. Accept it. The third pillar is the practice of self-responsibility. Yikes, some of you are going to say. This includes realizing that you are the author of your choices and your actions. Even if somebody told you what to choose and what to do, you're still the one who does the deciding, and you're still the one who does the doing. Now, so maybe the dog ate your homework or ate the report that you're writing for the boss that needs to be in next day, but you're the one who left it where the dog could get it, unless dogs can, well, some dogs can climb way up and get stuff. Um, but you're still responsible for that. Each one of us is responsible for our life and well-being and for the attainment of our goals. You have to do it for you. There isn't anybody else who can do it for you. If we need the cooperation of other people to achieve our goals, we need to offer them fair value in exchange. I'll do this in return for that, or I'll give you this if you can help me with that. 
And there's a quid pro quo in almost everything we do. So be open to that and be willing to do it. The question is not who is to blame, who did it, who caused it. The question is always what needs to be done. If you don't remember anything else about what we said today, remember that you are the only one responsible for you. The fourth pillar is the practice of self-assertiveness. For some of you, that makes you cringe a little bit. You don't want to speak up. You don't want to be seen. You kind of want to uh, get just, you know, kind of merge with the woodwork. The practice of self-assertiveness. This means being authentic in our dealings with others. Be real. There's a lot of articles these days about being your authentic self. The big thing here is that to be your authentic self, you have to know who and what that authentic self is. And this takes us back to the inner work that you do in meditation and reflection on who you are, what you believe, what you want, um, those little things. You know those things that I harp on all the time. It means treating our values ourselves, and other people with respect. Notice it says treating ourselves. You need to treat you with respect. If in your own eyes you aren't worthy of respect, what would it take to make you worthy of respecting yourself, of self-respect? Take a look at that and begin today to work on that. It also means the willingness to stand up for ourselves and our ideas in appropriate ways and in appropriate contexts. It doesn't mean that you have to get belligerent or mouthy or sassy or arrogant or any of those kind of things, but it does mean that you have the right to express your views and your opinions I used to think that my opinions weren't all that valuable because, hey, I graduated from a no-place town in West Texas. Nobody hardly ever heard of it. And then I discovered that a lot of people who said some mighty things and made some amazing contributions to to society came from places just as small and just as unknown. And I finally got over that. It's important for you to speak up. I know some of you are very, very timid. Some of you are afraid that people will reject you if you voice your opinions. On the flip side, something that you say, something that you share, may be the one thing that somebody needs to hear to keep going. Maybe you give them that little piece of information that they were looking for and hadn't been able to find. Be willing to speak up. And the fifth pillar is the practice of living purposefully. 
Living with purpose. And there's a lot of uh, being written these days about living with purpose. You know, identify your goals and formulate an action plan. You know, if you don't know where you're going, you're going to get there. (laughs) Then that's to nowhere. Do you have life goals? Many people do not. They know they want to be rich and famous, but rich and famous in what way? How do they get there? You need to take appropriate action to meet those goals. Do you know what that action needs to be? These things need to be thought through carefully and written down. And they don't need to be written in stone, but they need to be written down. You need to monitor the action that you take to be sure you're on track. If you have a goal for where you want to be when you're 30, uh, how do you know you're going to meet it? or 40, or 50, or 60, or when. Now, how do you know you're on track? Pay attention to the outcome so you know if you need to go back to the drawing board and add another component or change a piece. It's important to have goals that are clear, measurable, and attainable for your life, not just for your job. It's time for us to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the sixth pillar of self-esteem, which is the practice of personal integrity. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment have you ever noticed that sometimes life just feels easier especially when judgment of you or anyone else ceases to exist what if you could function from that space all the time what if gratitude is the key every time you are grateful for someone or something a new universe opens up What difference can you create in your life and the world from the energy, space, and consciousness of gratitude? Join us on Access Consciousness Presents Beyond Saying Thank You every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. Today we're talking about self-esteem. We've looked at the first five of Nathaniel Brandon's pillars of self-esteem because those are the places that you need to work if you really want a healthy level of self-esteem. And the sixth pillar is the practice of personal integrity. 
This is a tough one for a lot of people. You know, live with congruence between what you know, what you profess, and what you do. In other words, you need to walk your talk. You know, being fake and phony is going to catch up with you every time. You need to walk your talk. You need to tell the truth. Honor your commitments. Exemplify in action the values you profess to admire. Again, you need to walk your talk. I was just, I I don't know that horrified is the right word, but a few weeks ago on the program The Bachelor, yes, I watch it. She took the guys, she had a group date, and she took the guys out to give them a lie detector test. I sort of sat here watching with my mouth open thinking, what are you doing? If you ever wanted to show somebody that you didn't trust them, you take them for a lie detector test. If I had been one of those guys, I would have said, I'm out of here and I'd run, not walk to that limousine that takes you to the plane. Um, And on the last program this week, He gave her, she tore the results up. She didn't read them in front of the guys. She said she just wanted them to take it. I'm thinking, that is really the strangest thing I've ever seen. But she received the results again, and she was told that a couple of the guys lied. And one of the guys who lied is one of the last two. So even if if she doesn't read it, she's going to wonder which of the two. And if she does read it and she chooses him... Is she going to wonder the rest of her life whether he's telling the truth or not? I mean, talk about a slap in the face all the way around. Um, There was no practice of integrity in that whole piece. So there you have the six pillars. You know, the practice of personal integrity the practice of living purposefully, the practice of self-assertiveness, the practice of self-responsibility, the practice of self-acceptance, and the practice of living consciously. I really encourage you to go to his website and read all the other information he has about this or get his book, The Sixth Pillars of Self-Esteem. I don't know where else you can find material that's this solid and this good you don't build your self-esteem in other words by angling for and receiving praise from others it feels good for a little while but it has no place to go now you won't build it by stuff and status or by sexual conquests or by faking reality or who you are you know, by being someone you're not. If you do your work with the self-pillars, you will definitely see some very positive results. Get a coach if you need to, but get going on it. Sometimes we just need some people to hold our feet to the fire or say, hey, you're on the right track. You know, uh, and if you do that, get somebody to help you. The reason we focus on self-esteem is because sometimes we see it as a help or hindrance, if, if we think it's low, to our happiness. 
And happiness is what we all want in some form or another. We all want happiness. Um, If you find me somebody who says they don't want happiness, um, please bring them to me. The other day, I received an email from a, a, a young man named Andrew Walton. He has a website that's about breaking the happiness code, and it's really very good. His link is on my blog. He sent me an email with a title, 29 Things You Should Give Up to Be Happy. Well, that got my attention because it was so negatively heralded. I mean, yes, 29 things you have to give up. I hope that doesn't include ice cream. Uh, Giving up doesn't always appeal to us. But I had to read it, and let me tell you, it is good. Uh, It's so good that I want to share it with you. It goes hand in glove with self-esteem. Now, I'm really just going to give you the 29 things and a few comments from Andrew and from me, and at this point, they're all mixed up, my comments with his. Um, But you can see the whole article on the self-improvement blog It's a little bit longer than what I usually put on, but it is so well worth the read. It also has links to his website, and you'll find that in rotation at the top of the blog in the featured section. So if you're not seeing it when you first come to the blog, wait, and, you know, it'll rotate around. has a picture of him and who I assume is his girlfriend. Uh, He lists 29 things that he says cause Suffering, pain, stress, hurt, anxiety, shame, and depression by holding on to them. I don't think any of us want any of those things. So we're going to start with number 29 and work to number one. And I don't think that they're in order of importance particularly because number 29 is a biggie. Number 29 says give up perfectionism you know there are a lot of people who are perfectionists um, and and most of them are not just a whole lot of happy now I, I can remember the day that I thought everything had to be perfect I got upset if we were having a party and somebody in my family used the guest towel imagine how tired I was at the end of that day and now I, I do good if I get the, the guest towel even hung up. Uh, give up perfection. It's very exhausting. The Buddhists have a wonderful way to look at things. Look at things with a beginner's mind. Everything is new. And there's no judgment there. It's just looking and enjoying and experiencing. Give up perfectionism. Number 28 is very much like that. Give up serial seriousness. Don't you know somebody who never, ever cracks a smile? Um, They may have said of them, if he smiled, his face would break. There are some people who are serious about everything. If that's you, give it up. It doesn't get you anywhere. Number 27, give up self-deprecating self-talk. We talked a little bit about that with the pillars. Uh, Negative self-talk, such as this is Andrew's, 
God, I'm such an idiot. I'll never figure this out. I don't deserve that. These kind of things can really play havoc with our self-esteem. Um, and when we get in a downward spiral, the spiral, they just help us keep spiraling down. Andrew says, stopping this cycle will be like having an elephant lifted off your chest. You'll be able to think and move and feel without the constant pressure weighing you down. And I totally agree with him. Number 26, give up the need to impress others. I love this. How many times do you get dressed because you want to impress somebody? Are you wearing your hair a certain way to impress them? Are you trying to speak just like they do, thinking that's, you know, something that will impress them? Or, you know, you learn something altogether new so you can have conversations about it. And and sometimes that may not be such an intelligent conversation. Oh, give it up. Give up your obsession with possessions. This one makes me think of Warren and Betsy Talbot. They've been on the show several times. They're the ones who sold absolutely everything they have had and with only what was in their backpack began to tour the world. And they've been on the road for a couple years. They were on the this show not long ago. They've never been happier. They've never been more in love. They've never had a better time. They're enjoying life. They're just they're just delighted. And they have no possession obsession. Number 24, going down, give up labels. This is a big one. You know, labels are a great way to find out what ingredients are in our food or who designed our clothes. But they're a lousy way to think about yourself or others. What do you think about yourself? I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too dumb. Uh, Whatever the label is, take the thing off. 23, give up blame. We don't need to elaborate on that. Give up blame. Take responsibility for your own stuff. 22, give up the idea you're going to be rich. You know, find peace with your financial situation. You know, look around you and see how much you have and learn to be content. 21, I love this one, give up excuses. What would you say if you didn't have excuses? What would you say when somebody said, what happened to this? And you'd say, oh, I broke it. Okay, give up excuses. You don't have to go through five minutes of saying why you broke it. Just, hey, I broke it. 20, Some of you are going to have trouble with this one. Give up the need to control others. I don't need to elaborate on that. I'm going to say it again, though. Give up the need to control others. 19. Give up living in the past. No, you can't live back there. You can only live in the present so give up living in the past we have 18 more to go and I think you'll agree with me that these are all things you want to give up and we'll get to number 18 when we come back from break this is Irene Conlon saying stay tuned 
We'll be back with more of the Self-Improvement Show in just a minute. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're talking about the 29 things you need to give up to be happy. And we're on number 18, which is give up self-repression. Let yourself go. Do some of the things you love. Get a little wild around the edges if you need to. Andrew says his favorite term for this, and I love this, is excess in moderation. Isn't that a great term? Love it. Number 17, give up expectations. Now, this is a big one. And you're saying, well, am I not supposed to have any goals? No, it's not the same. Give up expectations. It's an insidious sort of mind virus, says Andrew, that is a lose-lose proposition for our brains. Make plans, make goals, And then don't get hung up on the outcome. If you start obsessing on expectations, you probably never will see them realized. 
Oh, and you're going to hate me for this one. Give up procrastination. Oh, I wish I could, but, um, well, I don't have time to give up procrastination just right now. Picasso said, only put off until tomorrow what you are willing to die having left undone. That's a zinger, isn't it? Number 15, give up the need to be right. Ask yourself the question, would I rather be right or happy? I had somebody tell me once that he'd rather be right than happy. Blew me away. I had no response. Number 14, give up attachment. You know, this life is so fluid. The things we have come and go. Give up attachment. You don't need to be attached to anything. You can live without that house. You can live without that car. You can live without almost everything. Give it up. Give up the illusion of safety, comfort, and security. Oh, we all want to be comfortable. You know, change is scary and threatening, but you know what? Look back at your life. Haven't you always pretty much landed on your feet? You're still here, aren't you? No, give it up. Give up perpetual connection. No, find some quiet. Put the cell phone down, turn the TV off, um, turn off the computer. You don't need to be connected in every which way there is. Let it go for a while. 11. Give up complaining I'm going to say it again give up complaining 10 give up insecurity what do you have to be insecure about it just makes you worry and what does worry accomplish nothing give up depending on others for happiness happiness comes from within you nobody can give it to you Um, You can buy things that make you happy for the moment, but it doesn't really depend on money. Uh, If you're depending on others to make you happy, you're going to pretty much guarantee unhappiness. Give up the need to know. I love that one. Don't you know people who have to know everything about everything and they ask you personal questions that you wish they would just leave alone? I have somebody in my life who will run through my house looking at everything to see if it's still the same as it was the the last time. Um, Bugs the dickens out of me. Uh, You don't have to know everything about everybody. You really don't have to know everybody's business. Mm, And if you're one of those who does, maybe you should tend to your own for a while. Give up overanalyzing. I tend to do this. This is one of mine. Give up overanalyzing. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. Just leave it alone and, and let it unfold. Give up waiting for the right moment. Well, I'm going to do this when I've lost 20 pounds. I'm going to do this when I take the class on whatever. I'm going to do this when I get a new car. I'm going to do this when I buy the new house. Uh, Whatever. Waiting for the right moment. The right moment may never, ever come. Number five, give up passing judgment. You know, I always get the image of somebody in a judge's robe 
passing judgment. If you're always judging everybody else and every circumstance, take off your judge's robe, step down from the bench and get real. Stop passing judgment. Give up the idea of a perfect partner. And this goes all the way back to the very first one, number 29. There is no no such thing as perfection. And you're not going to find a perfect partner. Are you a perfect partner? You probably never have anybody if you have to have a perfect partner. Give up certainty. You know, the almanac, poor Richard's almanac said the only things that are certain are death and taxes. Um, give up certainty. You, you, can't, you can't be certain. Things are changing, always changing. Number two, give up looking down on what you have. Look around you. Look around you at all the things you have. You know, your car may be old, but it's a car, and it runs, and it gets you where you need to go. You know, you look in the mirror, and you're not satisfied with what you see because you don't look like the, you know, the photoshopped image of the perfect woman or the perfect man. But look at you. You're healthy. You're here. You're breathing. You're alive. Be excited about what you have. Be grateful for what you have. You know, appreciation is one of the, the best things we can do for our own happiness and actually for our own self esteem. And number one, give up your need to be happy. And I said, Say what? That kind of put me on tilt. But allow yourself to feel what you feel. You know, sad, upset, angry, jealous, whatever the feeling is. Because that empowers us to release those tough emotions and to heal and to return to happiness. Now, if you don't have cold you don't appreciate heat and vice versa if you don't have trouble you don't always appreciate what you have with peace and if you don't know unhappiness sometimes you don't recognize your own happiness there we go number one 29 things to give up you can go to the blog and read the whole article it's really quite delightful next week's guest we're going to talk to tom north who was the 11th child in the, of the 20 in the Beardsley family. That's the family that was the subject of the movie, Yours, Mine, and Ours. I would suggest that you get that movie. It's on uh, Amazon, and I think it's on... Um, I, I'm not, I better not say. I'm not sure. But you can rent that movie all kinds of places. Watch the movie and look for Tom and come back next week when we have Tom Beardsley North talking about what it was like to be in the Beardsley family of yours, mine, and ours. This is Irene Conlon saying thank you so much for being with us today and come back next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show.
Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.